Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from KristenWombach.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. Happy Christmas and happy Hanukkah. Yay! It's Christmas! Did you know that more people than ever are asking this question? How do we find ourselves on the resurrected side of Jesus? In this show, I discuss what's really on the other side of the torn veil, ascending into heaven, and how does our sonship fix the heart of creation? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guests in a workshop discussion that proclaims, we're not nailed to the cross or dead in the grave, but fully alive and resurrected in him. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, I got my spiritual hat of imagination on, folks. It's a couple days before Christmas, but I'm just stepping ahead on the timeline. It is Christmas Day. Yay. And here we are spending some time together, whether it's on the day present or Maybe it's a little bit later and you're unwrapping a presents and, and dinners and family are all finished and you're just sitting in a quiet house going, ah, oh, we survived. Yes, I understand. So this is my Christmas show. I'm pretty much um, off script here, just sharing with you about the day, about the year, and we're just going to have a good time. So one of the things that I wanted to mention is through this particular year, I did change my intro a bit. Now let me share with you my old intro, intro okay? Welcome to Intentional Now Podcast. Engaging workshop discussion on change and purpose and redefining what we say yes to. Hello, I'm your host, Kristen Wombeck, a spiritual entrepreneur, chasing bold dreams, doing the work, and asking the questions and getting life done. Done? The life we were meant to live. Let's do this. That was my first intro, and it served me very well, but as you can see, I changed it because I just wanted to dive in farther to finding ourselves on the resurrected side of Jesus. So for today's show, remember, off script, this is what was placed on my heart from the Lord. Okay? Now we need to go here. Absolutely. Are you ready? For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9.6. Yay. Merry Christmas. So the special part about today's episode is I'm pre-relaxing and, and <laughs> I am. And you and I were just, whether 
you put your headphones on and you're doing up the dishes or you're traveling in the car. I'm not quite sure, but there's many options that we as listeners, as a community of God's family, would listen to a Christmas show. And we're going to discover some more things. Because, yeah, a child was born to us. And a son was given. And the government is on his shoulders. And that's what he's teaching us about. How to govern our lives. Govern the destinies that he has placed before us. And so today's special episode, um, I felt prompted to choose and to recapture from three episodes before. And the unique part of it is one was the Lord's choice. And he popped first thing this morning. I, I want you to revisit Episode 57, The Intersection of Grace, Part 2. And then I chose the listener's favorite, which is Episode 38, Shift Now, Powered by Change. What's really interesting, that was my first episode for last year. And then I grabbed my favorite. What's my favorite? That was a little bit harder for me to discern what was going to be my favorite. So what I did is I spent some time meditating on the Lord's choice and the listener's favorite, at least the one that has been listened to the most. And I tried to to coordinate what are they both saying to us. And from that particular point, my favorites kind of sifted to the surface. And so I chose two. But in those two, two, I chose episode 30, which is called The Hope Drawer, and episode 74, which is Hope, A Life Story. Because within those two episodes, I share my 100 Diamond story. And that just feels like the ink that's going to flow over both the Lord's choice and your choice. And we're going to blend them together today in a very relaxed and impromptu um, way. So some of the things that we're going to talk about today is the intersection of grace, right? (laughs) We all need to sit our backsides in the intersection of grace and discover how grace is flowing into our lives, and we're just sitting right there on the ancient paths. Uh-huh. And you know, grace is not oh, what's the word I want? A detainment? No, grace is liberty. And so, in that, we discussed four different flows of grace, belief faith and love and grace. They all have our back. And we're going to talk about trusting God as your friend. And then I have a quote for you to think about when we're talking about the intersection of grace. 
maybe the intersection is the best place to be. And this was the Lord's choice. Now, the listener's choice, I'm going to bring some of the important highlights to the forefront, is we were continuing our discussion um, from chapter 13, A Crown for Casting, from the unfinished book. But what was really important to you is the title is Shift Now. So... The shift now is going on, and from the shift, we have the opportunity with the gateways of hope and gratitude and change. And we did a live activation, and we removed the walls that kept us from restoration, from well-being, prosperity, favor, blessing, intimacy of relationship, and with God. So we take There's a flow here of that we are wanting to shift. We are wanting to dive in deeper. We are wanting to feel and perceive that closeness of the Lord. And then he's talking to us about grace. So today we're going to blend both of those in together and be blessed and be totally blessed. Okay, (laughs) before we get going, I am going to share with you a prayer from the activation. Let me click over there. You might hear a few clicks today because I'm going in between the particular notes of the episodes. So before I share with you and refresh with you the shift now powered powered by grace i'd like to make mention that an overwhelming amount of people i know are walking in a difficult place now we could easily say that last year but we're bringing that forward to today An overwhelming amount of people I know are walking in a very difficult place. I personally have had some issues that were not resolved over the course of last year, which is what has led me to today and to hearing your heart as a listener and hearing the Lord's heart. So I would like to say that the Lord is listening. I know he's listening and he's He's more than listening. He's looking for our cooperation to deal with issues that he is more than aware of the burdens in our life. People are struggling with health issues and marriages and families are suffering and our dreams for the future are being challenged. Well, God is on the throne And I'm his kid and you're his kid. And unnecessary strife has got to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. It's got to be dealt with. Amen. So you can kind of feel it. That was our favorite. That was the listener's favorite. And it, it, it had an ascension in there. We did a court case in there. Hmm. But let me share some scripture with you, okay? 
<laughs> so from Revelations 4, 9 through 11. And whenever the living beings would repeat their esteem of his glorious reputation and worth and the exhaustible goodness of the grace of the one seated upon the throne, the one whose life spans across the perpetuity of the ages. Then the 24 representatives of the entire co-enthroned, co-seated Ecclesia. That's you and me. Let me say that again. Then the 24 representatives of the entire co-enthroned and co-seated Ecclesia. Here we are with them. We descend from our thrones and we prostrate ourselves in the awesome presence of him who forever sits enthroned. The one whose life spans that perpetuity of ages. And they would worship him. And we would cast our crowns before the throne, saying, Our Lord, my God, you are worthy to take the glory and the honor from the dynamic competence displayed in every deal, detail of all creation. Yes, everything owes their existence to your resolve, and for your pleasure we were created. And let's highlight for your resolve and hold that in our hearts. Everything that is begins in him, whether in the heavenly realm or upon the earth, visible or invisible, every order of justice, every level of authority, be it kingdoms or governments, principalities or jurisdictions, all things were created by him and for him. So in John 1, 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So I'm going to begin our prayer. This is a, a living prayer. And if you just join with me, Holy Spirit, I ask for your help. We ask for your help and that your presence, that illuminate presence that I talked about last week, would fill in between the lines. Fill us right where we are, right in that place that shift is happening. We ask you for comfort, answers for our questions in the deepest recesses of our lives. And Father God, nothing, nothing will happen outside of your permission and plan for our lives. We totally are protected within your strong arm and surrounded by angels. Every ear within the sound of my voice is authorized by you and only you to participate. And their name is written for all of heaven to bear witness. Today, my voice is a legal representative called by heaven and has authority and permission to walk to your throne to acquire and to shift now in this season. And we bring forth our requests and we put them on this Christmas table before you. And I thank you. 
Now, my part, now our part is we, Lord, we trust you with all of our hearts and we lean not unto our own understandings in every way and in your ways and my ways. I acknowledge you. We acknowledge you and you faithfully direct our path. God, we will not be wise in our own eyes. Yeah, no. And we will fear you, Lord, in the best intentions and depart from evil. Father, you are a righteous and a merciful judge, and you always judge to life. You always judge for my good well-being and benefit. Jesus, you are our mediator. Your sacrifice in blood is our representative. We are already forgiven. And we are employing today your blood to remove hindrances and increase our personal transformation. Holy Spirit, you, you are our counselor, healer, teacher, comforter. And we give you permission to touch in the wonderful way that you do, that you touch our hearts and you, you touch our physical body and our understanding. And we believe, God, today, we believe what you're going to share with us, what you're going to show us. Amen. That's a really good place to shift now to be together on this Christmas episode. We just cast our crown and put our hearts and lives and concerns in your very large hands. Amen. (laughs) Good stuff. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you a beginning of a story. Maybe you've heard me tell the story before. And let me ask you if the story doesn't emulate and doesn't bring something personal See the forefront of who you are and how God made you. I call it my hundred diamond story. (laughs) It is the story of the Lord's and my relationship kind of in a nutshell. Now, I do have to remind you that my redemptive gift is that of a prophet. I am just a little bit (laughs) black and white. But today, Holy Spirit takes our redemptive gifts and he blends them together. And we give him thanksgiving for that, right? So let me tell you my story. (laughs) I should have grabbed a piece of chocolate (laughs) on Christmas. Years ago, 
in one of the other hard places I was walking in. (laughs) We have these seasons, don't we? I talk about it in the unfinished book. I was in that place of being spiritually misunderstood. I had already been given my spiritual eyes and my perceptions, spiritual perceptions were growing. But I didn't have, I didn't have a company of people to share them with. I was able to share them with my husband, yes, and of course the Lord. But I couldn't share them with my church family at that time. I think we can all relate with the misunderstanding that intuitiveness, divine intuitiveness calls us. How do you explain things in the spirit? I am ever learning. (laughs) And I'd imagine that you are too. So in this place of being misunderstood and probably misunderstanding myself. There was what I refer to as like a blue farmhouse. When I run into houses or mansions, you know, it talks about those places in the kingdom of heaven. I have discovered that every different dimension or structure that I encounter there's always a measure of growth and learning. Wouldn't you agree with me? (laughs) And so it looked like a blue farmhouse, and I was very familiar with it. And there was a room upstairs. It was kind of like an intimate place with the Lord. And we'd go and we'd sit there every day, and we'd look out the window and we'd talk. And it was my learning place. Now, we didn't stay there. He walked and he showed me the things of the kingdom of heaven. But it was where we met. So I, in this season, in my place of quietness that I couldn't share with people because they didn't understand. I didn't understand. I was receiving, when you, you you begin to see, you receive these gifts and you're trying to figure out understanding for the gifts and understanding for a spiritual dimension. What does this mean? How does this apply? Is this type in shadow? Is it metaphoric? I mean, all those really good questions. And so Jesus was just giving He was just giving. And I knew keys were real and scrolls and books were real. And I was learning the way to apply them to my life and to the community of people that my heart was sewn together with. And from this particular season of being misunderstood, I remember clearly coming down the stairs and Jesus was standing in what we would call a living room. And it's an interesting thing. It doesn't happen all the time, but in the spirit, 
It's like your spiritual self could run up ahead and you know the story. I guess you could say it was a divine deja vu. Deja vu. You knew what was going to happen, but now in the spirit, you are actually living in it. And so I knew exactly what was going to occur. I'm coming down the stairs and Jesus is in the room and I watch him and he, he leans over and on one of the walls, there was a wall safe and he's dialing it to open it up. Well, metaphorically, you know, having a wall safe in your spiritual house, okay, that's a good thing. You know, there's treasures hidden that he's going to reveal to you. So he opens it up and he takes out this leather pouch, which I already knew because you could, you know, in the spirit, how you feel the tangible part of it and your understanding starts to pick up what it is. So it felt like a jeweler's pouch and it was kind of rectangle and it was rolled up and there were gems inside and it was tight. So Jesus leaned in towards me and he went to hand me this gift, this leather pouch, which I knew had a hundred diamonds in it. <laughs> Myself of that particular season, I put on the brakes. I had had so many spiritual encounters and gifts and <sighs> I had, oh, how do I say it? I was upset with, with all of this spiritual stuff. And I remember screaming at the Lord. I didn't put my hand out to receive it. I screamed at him. I screamed at him in the spirit. And I screamed at him right there sitting on my prayer pillow in the living room. And oh, just like all of this, it was anger, this misunderstanding. And it all just came out at him and I screamed at it. And I said, I do not want one more spiritual gift if I can't get it here. That statement has been an ellipsis. You know what an ellipsis is? It's those three little dots on all your different applications that when you press those three little dots, there's a drop down for more options. Whew, that was a good word right there. I don't want one more spiritual gift if I can't get it here. I needed the drop down. the function, the practicality. What is the purpose of seeing um, the storehouses of heaven if you can't get the wealth that's inside? 
in the storehouses of heaven here to the individuals or the communities of the land that requires that provision. I know you understand me. My life changed at that point. <laughs> it changed because Jesus became my heavenly teacher. Now, I've encountered that jeweler's leather pouch and the hundred diamonds a few times after that. But I want to hang on to that thought that I just said about it being an ellipsis. It's the three dots that you, you press on any given application and a drop down so that you can get to the next function or application or the duplication or the saving, whatever the drop down is. That, that is what Jesus is doing today. <laughs> He's giving us a drop down, a shift, an upgrade. <laughs> Ooh, I can feel it. I told you this was off the cuff. Relaxed, not scripted, in Holy Spirit's hands. And so we're just going to allow him to tuck us in the envelope of his love. <laughs> now, let me click over to his part. <laughs> Hold on to that. We got another hundred diamond story happening right now. Now, this is the particular episode. It is episode 57, The Intersection of Grace, part two. It's part of the Discovery series. And we're going to mull over this because this was the Lord's choice. We're going to hear him speak into our lives. So at the intersection of grace, at the intersection where your gifts and your talents and your abilities meet a human need, therein you will discover your purpose. Aristotle. I will say it again. I'm listening to myself. At the intersection where your gifts and talents and abilities meet a human need, therein you will discover your purpose. I think Aristotle had a hundred diamond story too. <laughs> so the word of grace. Acts 20, 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. <laughs> I have a story for you. No, the Lord has a story for us. <laughs> One Friday, a Hasidic master, Rabbi Horowitz, 
He is the famed seer of Lublin. He was traveling with some of his disciples when they arrived at a crossroads. The wagon driver asked, which way to turn? Surprisingly, the seer didn't seem to know what to answer. Struggling, he said, just loosen the reins and let the horses go in whichever direction they will. After a while, they arrived at a town. And several after several inquiries, they soon realized that not only was it not the place they were seeking, they weren't even on the right road. Huh. It's late. We'll stay here for Shabbat. That is the divinely ordained day of rest. And then the seer announced, he added, Reveal my identity to anyone or tell them that I'm the Rebbe. Hmm. His followers were shocked. Interesting. They had no money because the seer, he never allowed any to be kept overnight. However much he had in his possession, it would be distributed to the poor people before nightfall. If his identity were to be kept secret, how were they going to be able to provide for themselves for Shabbat? For where they were staying? So when they asked him, he replied, We'll do like all Jewish travelers. We'll go into the local shul, that's the synagogue. We'll go in there tonight. And people will invite us when they see we have no place to go. And so they did. They prayed at the back of the shul. And afterwards, all of the Rebbe's students and attendants, they had been invited individually to different homes. The seer, however, he was left in the shul. He always took a long time for the Shabbat evening prayers, and this week was no exception. By the time he finished, everyone was gone. In fact, there was just one other person in the shul. An old man, at least 80 years. He saw that the stranger was sitting and reciting the Shabbat prayers for the meal on Friday night. Hmm. Where are you going for your Shabbat meal? The old man opened. I don't know. Um, why don't you eat at the inn where you are staying? Asked the elderly man, a little concerned. If it's a problem of money after Shabbat, I'll collect some money to pay your bill. Well, I saw they didn't have a light. They didn't have the Shabbat candles in the inn, so I presume that I can't trust that the food will be kosher. I'm sorry, murmured the old man, but at my home, my wife and I uh, will only have bread and wine. <laughs> I'm neither a glutton nor a guzzler. 
Come along then, said the apprehensive host, and the seer followed meekly. Now I'm just going to pause right in here. Remember, this is the Lord's choice. Let's keep our ears finely tuned to that diamond he is exposing. After the blessing with our cup of wine and the blessing over the bread, while they were sitting calmly at the table, the elderly man asked him where he was from. Upon hearing his answer, he next asked him if he knew the Rebbe of Lublin. I'm always with him, was the seer's response. That's wonderful, said his host. Please tell me something about him. Well, why do you want to know about him? queried the seer. Because, said the man, I was his teacher in Torah school for young children when he was a young boy, and he was not noticeably exceptional in his studies. Now I hear that he is a great rabbi and does miracles. Did you notice anything unusual about him when he was a child? The seer asked. Only one thing, the retired teacher replied. Each morning, I would want to call upon him to read from the prayer book, and I could never find him. He vanished. Later... When he would reappear, I would punish him for his unauthorized absence. Well, one day I decided, enough already. I had to find out where he disappears to. And I watched him closely out of the corner of my eye. And when he exited the room, he slipped out. I slipped out after him, keeping just a good distance behind us so that he wouldn't sense my presence. And the young lad, he went into the forest. Well, I followed and I peered through the trees. And there he was sitting next to a hive, being stung and crying out. Shama, Israel, Adonai, Elohendu, Adonai, Echad. Shama, Israel, Adonai, Elohendu, Adonai, Echad. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shama, Israel, Adonai, Elohenu, Adonai, Echad. Well, after that, I never punished him again. Now, after all these years, I would like very much to be able to see him in his glory, but I don't know how it can be. I'm very poor, and I've become weak in my old age, so it's impossible for me to make the journey to Lublin. Nevertheless, my desire is so strong. I fast one day a week that I should have the merit to see him with my own eyes. Finally, the seer understood why events had been directed to bring him to this particular town. Looking fondly at his host, 
he acknowledged gently. I am he, the Rebbe of Loveland. <laughs> the old man, he fainted instantly, and his wife and special guest were able to revive him only after great difficulty. That Saturday night, the seer and his entourage departed the town and continued their journey. The elderly man escorted them briefly and then returned home. They stopped at the seer's request at a not-too-distant village in order to enjoy the festive meal. And after the meal, the, the seer said, hmm. Now let's, let us return to that town to attend my childhood teacher's funeral and to deliver an appropriate eulogy. Hmm. The writing is called The Crossroads Puzzle. And it was written by Rabbi Yaakov Yechok Horowitz in 1745, and he lived to 1850, and it's known as the story of the seer of Lublin. Hmm. Now, why do you suppose the Lord today wanted us to talk about that story? <laughs> We take the listener's favorite, meaning the shift now, and be enabled with the power to shift now. And we take my story about the hope drawer, about the hundred diamonds. Hmm. And it's called the crossroads puzzle. Huh. Sufficiency of grace, 2 Corinthians 12.10. I now enjoy a delightfully different frame of mind when I encounter things that would normally make me feel frail. Whether it be from insults or whether I'm in a situation where I'm forced to do things with my arms twisted behind my back, whether I'm persecuted or feel squeezed into a claustrophobic space. <laughs> Where your own efforts to clear, to save yourself, are completely neutralized. That space. Sufficiency of grace because of Christ. Every time that I encounter weakness, I escape into the strength of my I amness, the word. Hebrews 4.16 Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. <laughs> And for this reason, we can approach the authoritative throne of grace and with bold utterance, we can welcome his embrace. And we are reinforced with immediate effect in times of trouble. Highlight immediate effect in times of trouble. 
Now an intersection may contain times of trouble, but he has drawn our attention to his embrace, wherein we discover what grace was providing us with. (laughs) Every doorway, every intersection has a story. And this is our story today on this Christmas Day. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor, and Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So today, this Christmas episode, whenever your ears and your heart and your spirit hear it, we just sit in that intersection of grace. (laughs) And we allow grace to shift us now. We allow grace to take the hundred diamonds and and press the three little dots at the upper hand of the application, that ellipsis, so that we are exposed to a drop-down that moves and changes the situation and gives us the access to shift, to move, to hope to open the drawer, to step through, to enjoy, to be immersed in his illuminate presence. (laughs) How fun is that? Pray with me, will you? Please pray with me. Father God, right here, hanging on to our chairs in this moment, in this atmosphere, in the intersection of grace. We allow the river to flow, the fruit to be picked, and to eat at your table. To eat at the table of the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Imagine who is looking on. Imagine who is sitting also at this table with us. And we celebrate. And we lift up your bread. We lift up this manna. We lift up your body, your flesh. And we consume it with joy. We lift up our cup. We lift up the new covenant. We lift up the blood. We lift up this wine and we drink it in. We drink it in. And we allow grace, the rains, just like the Rebbe of Loveland. We say, okay, we give you the reins today. 
so that your divine plan and your divine grace would take us exactly where we need to go. And don't you love to say, in Jesus' name, (laughs) I think I'm going to go back to that quote again. Not the quote, it's the... (laughs) It helps me to read it. Where did it go? There's this story. Here it is. Shama Israel Adonai. Elohenu Adonai Echod. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And we are totally immersed in your oneness. I bless you. Happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Yes, this year they blended together. They didn't they? It was wonderful. Thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you for inviting me into your home, into your celebration, into your quiet place. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit, for... Not only does the oil flow for eight days, but it just keeps right on flowing. Bye now. <laughs>